Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so we're going to talk about friendships. Uh, you probably heard the, uh, the term frenemy. How many of you heard that term? Frenemy is a mixture between the word friend and an enemy. So it's a bit like a, an enemy, but dressed up in friend's clothing, okay? A friend, really, a Bible friend, has your personal interest in mind. That has to be a foundationary priority. That has your personal interest in mind. A friendship is not just one way. It's just not my friends propping me up to fulfill my destiny. No, it's about Jonathan laying down his life for them. You see, the Bible says there's no greater love than one man laying his life down for a friend. So Proverbs says this, if you want to have friends, you must first show yourself to be friendly. And so we sow seeds. Some of us may not make great friends, so there could be some adjustments go on, and I, I pray that would, because I think today we live in a narcissistic kind of uh, uh, generation where it's kind of about me, myself and I, it's all about me and what I get out of you and uh, what I get out of life, but that's not the way Jesus teaches. Jesus teaches about we lay down our lives for others. So it's the, the best way to spell joy, and I learned this at Sunday school, is J-O-Y, is J is Jesus. The O is others, and the Y is you. So if you want to live a quality life, it is about serving. It's actually about embracing the cross and living our lives for others, serving others and help propelling other people in their journey and in their destiny. All right, there are three kinds of friends. The first friend, if you like, is you're on a journey together. All right, and you're, you've got a vision, so you're going together, and you're buddying, you're, you're talking, you're doing your stuff, you're just hanging out, you're doing life together. It's because you're going the same way, but how about this, when the vision stops, the relationship stops. You don't need each other anymore. Don't mistake that as a buddy. It's a convenient relationship. You've got purpose in mind, no friendship, or no function, no friendship. So the function goes, you don't need to be friends anymore, and you will find they're off the scene. It's not a bad thing. I think we need to see it for what it is. Then there's another one, you've got a common enemy, okay? You've got a common enemy. An enemy doesn't be a purpose, maybe it's a cause. So you're together, you're doing life together, and you're joking on the way, you're doing life, and you're enjoying each other's company and that sort of stuff. You have a common cause. You have a common enemy together. But as soon as the giant has been slayed, the cause has been won, the enemy has been defeated, the person's off the scene anymore. They're gone. It's very important. Then the third one, which is what you and I seek, is this. Regardless of the vision... Regardless of the enemy, they stick around. Regardless of a bad hair day, regardless of your ups and downs, they still are there because they are into you. That's the difference. Some were into the vision, some were into slaying the enemy, 
but others were into you. And if you can find some friends around your life that are like that, that's a good thing. One of the reasons why we're having an epidemic of social isolation and loneliness today worldwide is because we're lacking a friend that will just come up and buddy up with your life, that loves you for who you are, that has your best interest at heart. Now, I believe what you need to do, I think you should pray for it. Seriously, pray for it. Pray for so that you're not a convenient, you're just not an add-on, you're just not part of a crowd. But who do you have your lunch with? Who do you sit down with? Who, you, who do you commune with? A lot of guys, we're busy doing stuff and that, but we actually need a mate. We need a friend that we can talk through some of life's struggles with. That, that's healthy living. There are a lot of girls who are active doing stuff, but at the end of the day, when it's all gone, the activity, who as a woman can you actually sit down and do life with and share your life with, and you can share your difficulties, you can share the dynamics around your life, and you're not judged because they love you for who you are, okay? I want to introduce you to Jesus. That's what He's like. That's what He's like. He takes us with our faults and all. He understands much bigger than we do. We're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, who has capacity for all peoples, loves everybody. And that's the funny thing about Jesus. Jesus can love everybody in the world at the same time and speak all the languages and understand what you just said, what you're about to say, and what you're going to say, all that sort of stuff. He, he, he can do that, everybody at once. But he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A true friend, number one, I put this to you, I present this to you. A true friend will always have you feel included, you ready? And you're not an accessory. How many of you have been to a function and you found like you're an accessory? This is what a frenemy does or somebody who says they are a friend of yours. They're at the party, they invite you to the function, but as soon as somebody more affluent or more important comes on the scene, they drop you and they go to be with them. You understand that? Okay, that's not a great friend. You want somebody that actually, you see, you see let me tell you this, is Jesus, the parables come alive. When there's, and I, I'm not knocking rich people, you've got to understand that. Please read my lips. God's into wealth. You ready? God's into wealth. God does not have a hang up with money. He doesn't have a hang up with wealth. A lot of people do. God doesn't. But you see, Jesus tried to use the illustration because the Pharisees, the Bible says they were lovers of money. Okay, so do you have a wealthy guy that comes in and will bring the person to the front because of the affluence and who they are. Yet Jesus said, yeah, but the other guy who's down here, that's a nobody that doesn't have any social status whatsoever at all, is a nobody. We try and tuck them at the back in the unseen area. Jesus says, we kind of got it back to front. Because remember, he's about embracing everybody. Everybody has intrinsic and inherent value. We include everybody. Yellow, black, red, white, we're inclusive. Okay, so we value, guess what? Remember, we value the unborn. We value the born. We value the infant. We value the teenager. We value the rat that's coming on right now. We value the, uh, the, the young adult. We value the, the, the middle-aged, the senior citizens, and the senior senior citizens all have value. Then we celebrate distinction. 
That means we understand that people are different. They have different giftings. They have different strengths. That doesn't threaten us, and that doesn't make us feel less as a person. But this is what the world does. The world values distinction first. In other words, I'll throw it out there, guys. I'll throw it out there. It's a woman's right. It's my right, and I'm a woman, over my little potential daughter. That's distinction. My rights over your rights. Uh, the other one is this, is, is there are some religions and philosophies around the world, and I'm not knocking them. They say it themselves. They're not ashamed of it. They actually value men over women. They feel men were created with a higher status than a woman. That's not how God sees it. God values every single person, regardless of education, regardless of background, regardless of your morality, regardless of your worldview. Okay, so God celebrates. So the scripture we go to now, if we can find it, is this. Matthew 25, 40. You ready for this? Jesus speaking. As much as you have done it to the least, the small, the insignificant person, hey, you've actually done it to me. How about that? So the way we treat people is recognized and observed by God. God sees it. He sees our disdain, our prejudice, our I don't care, our lack of good Samaritan attitude. He sees all of that. I believe God's raising up a breed, a generation that loves people totally. Credible compassion, let the love come down. Number two, a Christ-like friend will speak well of you, but not so with a frenemy. Now I need you to see this and I want you to listen up on this one. Proverbs 6, 28 says, A perverse or a twisted man sows an argument or sows contention, sows strife. But a whisper, gossip, separates the best of friends. If my friends and my relationships and when we get together, the commonality is we're talking about other people on the island, I suggest you change your friends. That's not who we are. The Bible says we speak evil of nobody. Very important. It's not about a gossip chamber. It's not about us getting together and having a good old yakka, having a barbecue at my place, and we sit around, and then we're talking about all these people on the island. Change your friends. Or you stand up and say, hey, guys, let's put on some music, man. Let's change. Let's put on something. Let's change the atmosphere. Let's not go down this path. Would you be willing to do that? I think we should. In Proverbs 17, 9, Solomon says, love flourishes. Wow. When a weakness and a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it, the faults, it separates close friends. You remember I said that, you know, Ephesians 4.29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need. It's finding the need in somebody's life and empowering them with good words. It's not tearing down people. You see, what happens is this, if you, uh, uh, somebody might be flattering you and uh, supping up to you and all good and that, but behind the back is a different world going on. It's uncool. It's not godly. It's not principled behavior. We're better than, we're better than that. We're bigger than that. Trafficking information is this. The Bible talks, and I think I've got these scriptures here, Proverbs 20, 19, he who goes about as a tail bearer, a tailbearer is a teller. It's a really old school word. It's a teller. It's, a, it's somebody that's got information about somebody and they begin to traffic it. They give it to somebody else. It's not their business to know 
what that person's up to. Now look, I get mighty suspicious, and I'm not necessarily talking about anybody here in the fellowship by any means, but I'm, I'm teaching us the principle so you'd recognize it and discern it for what it is. People, in, people anywhere in New Zealand, Australia, Cook Islands for that matter, anywhere, that, that have all the information about people's lives all the time, I want to say you need to be aware. Seriously, the go-to people, they know everything. They know how much income everybody's on. They know everything where everybody seems to live and just like all the details. They know about what's going on in their work. It's just like, how come you know all that stuff? Welcome to the world of Jezebel. Jezebel, the spirit traffics in information. You know why? Because it's going to use it against you. I'm going to give you an illustration. I, I went to a service, or I went to get some stuff done and, uh, by a person, and they asked me all of these questions. Very interesting, because the relationship that we have with the person doesn't demand that that person should know those kinds of things. It's trying to pull them out of me. But one thing I did know is when I was there, that person began to tell me all this stuff about everybody in the island. I cut that relationship. I thought, I'll go elsewhere. Because what was happening, they were trying to extrapolate or extract information about me. When it suits them, they'll be able to bring it out. That's Jezebel. I want you to watch that. We've got to get rid of that kind of thing, gossip and trafficking information. It separates friends, but it's not right. It actually grieves the Holy Spirit. Derek Prince said this many years ago. He said, actually, gossip destroys more churches than sexual immorality. Interesting, eh? I just thought I'd just throw that out for a bit. I think we all need to improve, eh? How many of you like to improve? I mean, come on. I'd like to improve, all of us. And sometimes I think we just need to put a zipper on it. Just stop trafficking. I, I like it when I ask somebody a question. They say, I don't actually know. I said, good. <laughs> but, you know, we've, 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 we've got to make sure because people, they have all the stuff that's going on. Now. I think, how do you know all that? Because they get around them. Talk to them. Ask them all. Ask them all these questions, not because I'm really interested in you. It's I'm just a busybody. I'm meddling. Okay. Um, right. Oh, girls, I've got one for you. Ladies, when your husband or your partner shares gold information with you, please don't whack it over the social table. Let's put some other words to that, shall we? Okay, so when your husband shares deep stuff with you, that's for you and him. All of a sudden you think, oh, because you're relational and connect with the girls and that, you just share it. No, 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 that's sacred. Hi, number three, a Bible friend is excited, a, God, a Jesus friend is excited for you when you have an accomplishment. Wow. A frenemy will seldom celebrate your wins as they sadly feel threatened. Now that's important. So the quality of your friendships, they don't feel threatened when you achieve something. They celebrate with accolades. They're excited for you because it's an extension of them too. They're ex it's just like, hey, I didn't run the race. You did, but I'm happy for you. Oh, hold your shoes. I'm excited for you. That's a friend. But somebody like a frenemy or somebody that's in there but not quite, it's just like, <clears throat> they'll hold back. They'll make an excuse not to turn up to your celebration. Seriously. There'll be some reason why they don't do it. There's some reason why the handshake doesn't go out. What you want to do is people celebrate the things that you're able to break through them. That's a good friend. That's a quality of a good friend. Sadly, 
sadly, I have to say, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but sadly, there are people that don't do that. They can't, they're threatened. Your success has rattled their world. But we're supposed to be friends. What does the Bible say? Well, Romans 12, 15, it says, We should weep when others weep, and we should rejoice when others rejoice. When someone's going through a hard time, come alongside them. I, I share your burden. I, you know, we weep with you. But when they rejoice, when something good has happened, hey, I'm excited about your engagement. Hey, I'm excited about you building a house. Hey, it's exciting what's happening and seeing your growth. I'm excited about the rewards you got at the school there. I'm excited about all the stuff that's going on. I'm excited about hearing about your brother doing this. I think that's a good friend. It's, it's light. You know what I mean? It hasn't got the bondage around it. It hasn't got the awkwardness about it. And you're kind of like your friends, but you're walking on eggshells. You don't know when they're going to put the slipper into you or say something like this or give you a snide remark or a backhanded compliment, which we'll talk about in a moment. No, you've got to, a, a, the friendship is light. It's good because it's governed by God. Amen. This is good stuff. <laughs> All right. Rather, I've got here, rather than, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Shake my deathly hand. <laughs> How cold that is, you know. No, no, no. We've got, hey, we've got hot hearts to people. A lot of people in life, they have a hot head, cold heart. Notice that? Cold heart, mm, but they've got a hot head, you know. No, 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 no. We want a cold head, calm, level-headed, but we want a hot heart. Passion for people. Bit of a shift. All right, number four, getting there. A biblical friend sees your true worth, but a frenemy, if you like, emphasizes the flaws and will point them out to you. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love bears all things. I don't have to always correct people. There are things that I may not agree with. Have you ever met people else? You're talking for five minutes. I disagree with that. Okay. Okay, to say, oh, I don't agree with that. It's just like, there's things I don't agree with, but I don't make it my point. And, and, and it's just an opinion anyway. I don't have to be the, the clobber hopper, you know, the person that smacks people on the head with crosses and trying to, no, that's the wrong scripture actually. Yeah. Read your Bible. <laughs> but that, 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 you know, the Bible talks about, here's a word for us, kindness, grace grace. Somebody gets up, uh, they give their testimony. Someone that's been around the church for 30 years or 20 years comes up right up to them. I liked your testimony. I like your potential. I see your heart. It's a good heart. But I have to correct you on this scripture that you use. It's just like, just let it go. We're going to make mistakes on our journey. And that's family, isn't it? Okay, hey, love bears all things, believes all things. So when you hear somebody say something, remember, mercy triumphs over judgment. It's the intent. Sometimes we've got good intention, but our words are wrong. The way we construct things, the way we say things, I think we need grace, big grace. Especially today, 2020, because words are changing around all the time. There are buzzwords. There are things you don't say. There are things you say. So we need to be up to speed uh, so our language is palatable all the time and we're not uh, raw or offensive. But hey, mercy triumphs over judgment. 
Sometimes people have great intentions, but it doesn't mean I'm going to carve them down. Okay. Then the next one, number five, a biblical friend is an encourager, an empowerer, but they don't give you backhanded compliments like, hmm, that's a great outfit for someone your size. Uh, you suit that dress, it makes you look so much thinner. You should be happy. Oh man, you should be happy. A guy like that would pay attention to you. <laughs> this is, this is, I've, I've had this. The pres, not about the dress. This presentation uh, turned out way better than your last one. I could tell you didn't have uh, a ton of time um, to prepare, or a ton of time, uh, but that project is still look good. It's all designed. Some people look, they'll give you a compliment, but it's designed to have you think about it afterwards. Huh? Come on, am I in a different world than you? Uh, they're walking down, you want a you breeze relationship where it's just like, oh, I, I can let down my hair. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but I'm just cruising down. We're together. We're doing life together. But the others, you're kind of eggshells, kind of like you say something and they judge you for it and uh, change your friends. <laughs> change them. I'll give you a remedy for it about loving one another and how we can handle this kind of thing. But it's a reality. I've had backhanded compliments and so have you. Sometimes our siblings do it because they are picking order threatened. A frenemy is relationally competitive. Oh my goodness. Competitive. Because life is about winning, losing, competition, competing with your friends. They get a house, we get a house. Huh? And they get the car, we upgrade our car. She bought those clothes. Get online at night time. Can't sleep at night time because of the stress of competition. Oh, I'll get these clothes from LA. I'll, I'll show them. Oh, Jesus, forgive me. Oh, show them. <laughs> That's competition. You know, I met a millionaire the other day. Oh, really? I met a billionaire. <laughs> well, I got the opportunity to drive him to, 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 to drive a Porsche. Well. I was in a Ferrari yesterday. <laughs> I climbed our highest mountain in the Cook Islands. Good for you. I did Everest blindfolded. <laughs> and back I went. <laughs> because the motto is anything you can do, I've already done better. That's true. I've got to watch this because I'm a storyteller. And somebody tells a story, it's about a six out of 10, and I know that I've got a seven coming on or an eight. And it's just like, and it's the same area about fish or whatever. And I know they need to know my story. They need to know what happened to me and, and all this sort of stuff. And it's just like, Wow, you know, and, but you know, I have to humble myself and say, wow, that's a really great story and uh, awesome, knowing I've got a killer, I've got a killer line. 
It can make the conversation go from this level to that level. But when I do it, guess who's glorified? Me and my old-fashioned story. Guess who comes down a peg? We don't think about these things. Sometimes it's just good old social training, isn't it? They'll even compete for your friends. So they'll kind of try and maneuver, leverage. You know who's going to be the better friend? I'll tell you who's the greater friend, the one who serves. That just went over your head, didn't it? The greatest friend is the one who serves. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love does not seek its own. It does not parade itself. Number five, a genuine friend is interested in you and they're not wrapped up in themselves. You know the person that says, that says, hey, uh, talking to you for an hour about themselves. And after an hour, they say, oh, I've spoken an hour to you about myself. I'm sorry, it's your turn to talk now. And what do you think about me? True story, I'm here uh, in the island here, and um, this is about four years ago. Um, I kind of needed inner healing after this a little bit. And, uh, but, you know, a guy spoke to me for one hour. Imagine that, all right? Somebody in town spoke to me for one hour, talked about his whole life, never asked how my day was, never asked if I've got another appointment coming on or something like that. For one whole hour, I couldn't get a word in. Looking back, I could have said, hey, mate, to be honest with you, I've got COVID-19. <laughs> That's got to go somewhere. Or the sky is falling in, let's run for it. But, but no, I was a good old sucker. I just listened and did the nice compliant passive thing and became a pastor <laughs> and listened for one hour. And then he said this, he said, hey, I've got to go as if it's my, I'm holding him up. And he looks at his watch. He said, I've, I've actually got an appointment, you know. And I said, ta-ta. <laughs> tick-tock, tick-tock, off you go. But I thought, because you know what happens? They be we become sometimes so wrapped up in our own life, nobody else can get a word in. Because it's about us. It's about my stories and about my accomplishments, my achievements. Where else do I get a place to voice it? Serve one another. Love one another. Have compassion. God will give you a platform. Uh, they are a conversational steamroller. Some people have married partners like that. My wife had to say, excuse me, I'd like to talk. So uh, is that right? <laughs> it's true, it's true. I've had to learn these things. And because uh, I can talk to the cows come home at times. I've had to learn, put the zipper. You know, the Bible says a man that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. <gasps> How about that? A man that speaks of himself all the time when we get people talking about, have you ever been in a meeting or sudden someone comes, it's like a windstorm and they're telling you there and all of a sudden the whole conversation goes shifting towards this person. It's just like, well, welcome. You've just bumped into a steamroller. Person's come dominating conversation. Did you know what happened? I think if we really got this thing right, we'd talk less. It's probably a good thing for us. What does the Bible say? Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry. I think it'd be a good thing. I think fasting, I think God wants to speak to us about our mouths, about getting the fear of the Lord over our mouths. 
I think so. We don't have to react. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, but we don't have to react to everything. There's a lot of zeal. A lot of Christians have zeal. A lot of zeal, man. A lot of zeal. We need wisdom with the zeal. Those who speak of themselves seek their own glory. The scripture there is John 7, 18. Oh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, humility. Let each esteem others better than ourselves, serving them. But you can serve with a proud attitude. Oh, I'm just serving you. Sir. Oh, yes, far be it. I'm just a humble servant. No, 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 no. We're talking about the real McCoy here. And then it says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Did you know life is not about us? You know, my life is not my own. It's true. Life is it's, it's not about Jonathan. It's not. It's about the network that I serve propelling people closer to the Christ. That's what it's about. It's about you and your network serving them to be closer to Jesus. Us linking arms with a common ally or a common vision. That's what it's about. But it's not about me trying to be the famous guy or you trying to be the famous man or woman or family on the block. Man, that, that, that's called pride. Humility. The glory is coming to the church, folks. The power of God is going to come to the church. And what God is doing right now, He's emptying out the church. He is. Not emptying out the church of people. He's emptying out the church of pride, sins, gossip, fault-finding, criticisms, independence, rebellion, all of that. And He's beginning to present a church without spot and blemish. And then guess what happens? The glory of God will come. Very important for us to understand. The first wave is the wave of holiness. The second wave is the wave of glory, the wave of power. It's what God, because you look at, we see what the enemy wants to do in the world today, but let's take a look at God's timetable, what he's doing. There's a harvest pending that's coming in, but God is mobilizing ministries and missionaries all around the world into incredible places. But what he's moving, it's a faceless generation. It's not about me and my testimony, and it's not about me and my teaching or you and your testimony. It's about what Jesus can do. It's about emptying ourselves. Because remember the motto, if we like, it's this way. All of us, none of God. Some of us, some of God. None of us, all of God. And look, let me tell you this. My words do not change your soul. They don't. Neither do yours. Your testimony doesn't change anybody. It's just words. It's the anointing of God on the words that bring the change. It's the gospel is the power. We can try and change the world and tell them how wrong they are. We need to present Jesus. It's the gospel. It's, it's Christ and his glory that he's coming again. It's that Jesus Christ died for the brokenness of all of our lives. It's the cross. It's the power in Jesus. It's the glorious gospel. It's the power of Jesus Christ. That's what brings the reformation, or that's what brings a transformation, a revolution to somebody's heart. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Just about there. Oh, a true friend will stand with you during difficult times. Uh, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. Isn't that amazing? I like that. And a brother is born for war or born for adversity. Uh, the next one is a, a number six here. Is a friend values you and will not take advantage of you. That's good. 
We should, okay, so we should never view, and this is important to capture this, because this is how the world thinks. This is not how Jesus thinks, because they're different. This is how the world thinks, okay? I'm going to become their friend. I'm going to become her friend. I'm going to become his friend. But the unpure, impure motivation is they're going to make a way for me. I think that's wrong. That's called usury. Let me repeat it this way. Some, don't ever use somebody as a ladder climber for your status. I think it's biblically wrong. Put an X against that. The Holy Spirit hangs with the humble. It's not about ladder climbing. It's not about social status. Now, I'm not saying that we can't go to, I can't talk to you, bank manager, because I really need to use you for, uh, to help me get my loan. So I've been told I can't talk to you. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is this, don't socially use people, buddy up and grease up and flatter and get around them because you know it's going to make you look good and it's going to ladder climb you. You understand that? Very important because people do it. I think we're going to get a shock when Jesus comes to see some of the things. I think, I was thinking this morning as I was praying, we're going to be shocked. And I think, it, look, you understand my role. A lot of people I'd imagine think, oh, you know, Jonathan, godly, loves the Lord, transparent, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, he loves Jesus, got a passion, so he's going to get good ticks of boxes and a great reward system in heaven. Not so. Not so. Doesn't work that way. God looks at your life, what you've done in secret, in the private place. You gave when nobody knew. You served when nobody knew. You humbled yourself when nobody knew. You forgave when nobody knew. There's rewards, 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 rewards on that. We get reward for the secret place. You understand that? We get rewards for our obedience. And that's when we begin to tell everybody what the left hand knows what the right hand's doing, we begin, you've lost your reward. So, so for my reward, I'm up here speaking, and you think, oh, probably, you know, you know loves the Lord and passionate and godly man and whatever it is. But, but that's nothing. It's what I do in secret is going to give me a reward. There's rewards that are going to come for all of us. Some can be taken away. The Bible talks about that. Very important. Jesus is a great friend. He wants us to model it. People never, t don't take advantage of people. A true friend, the last one here, is honest. Okay, they're not going to follow you, and I want you to capture this. They're not going to follow you down a path of destruction just because they're a friend. Don't redefine your friendship and say, come to the party, or because he's not come to the party, he's not my mate anymore. They can still be a friend like that, but they're just making a decision for their own life. It's beneficial. They're not going to follow you into destruction. Uh, I've worked this out. It's not what they tell you that concerns you. It's what they don't tell you. They only tell you what they want you to hear. If you've got a friend that only tells you the good things, what you want to hear, and they're allowing you to self-destruct or walk down that path, that kind of backslidden path and not interjecting and not helping out, that's not a friend. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.